Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Baseball Brothers Podcast. It's your host, Sam. And uh, today we have our hopefully frequent guest, uh, Jason, on the line with us. Jason's here, right? How you doing? All right. Doing well, my friend. Thank you for inviting me again. Of course. No, it's an honor and a privilege to have you and great baseball line alike. And I love it. We've both, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure everyone knows, but we're in the Midwest and we've just been nailed with this polar vortex and it's kind of like, it's been really cold. We literally set a record temperature. I, I think with the wind chill, we got up to like negative 55, which I've never experienced that in my life. And I'm from the Midwest. Jason, I can guarantee that was the coldest you've ever been, right? Oh, absolutely. Not even close. I think the coldest day I had last <laughs> winter was about 30. So it's a whole new world for me. Uh-huh. Jason's from uh, the Southwest, so big difference for him. But uh, we're glad you guys are here. Um, We'll still occasionally have my brother Jeremy on, and my friend Cole will still guest host frequently. But in the meantime, whenever they're not around, you have me, like it or not, and then we also will have my friend Chris and then Jason and maybe some other friends down the road. But it'll be great. Um, We'll keep this 30-minute format, and I just thank you for – you know, following us, we are on Twitter at BB Bros Podcast on Twitter. And then we are also, you can find us on iTunes. So if you just Google Baseball Brothers Podcast, we're one of the first couple things that pop up. So I just thank you for doing that. And while we're at it, we'll just give it to Jason. He has some things he wanted to talk about. There has been some free agency signings. It's, it's a crawl. It's like a steady drip. But the big names are still there. But Jason, why don't you talk about what's on your mind? All right, so first off, very near and dear to my heart as a Diamondbacks fan is that A.J. Pollock, a Diamondbacks homegrown center fielder who, of course, had a big breakout in 2015 and has had some injury struggles since, unfortunately, signed in free agency with the Los Angeles Dodgers, which I have to say I'm not too happy about. But there are quite a few implications going on there for the rest of the free agent market. First thing, is that that's the Dodgers filling a gap in their outfield. Of course, Pollock plays a very good defensive center field, which Mm -hmm. may suggest that the Dodgers might be out on the Harper sweepstakes. Anyway. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yep. So he is signed to a a four-year contract with an option for a fifth-year, $60 million, across the entire thing, those five years, uh, which is, you know, I guess that's that's one of the larger contracts that's been handed out so far this season, considering that only about 11% 
of the players who have signed in free agency over the course of this offseason have signed more than one-year deals. Of course, the market slowed by everybody waiting to see where Harper and Machado were going to sign, and, and neither of them have Correct. yet. But one thing um, that you could note about the Dodgers is that they seem in on JT Real Muto now because Harper's pretty much out the window. But one thing that's notable what the Dodgers are doing is that they seem very convinced that they want to stay below the luxury tax threshold. They're not really going after Harper, and they're signing some cheaper options here. And especially one detail of Pollock's deal is that it's $55 million over the first four years, and then there's a fifth-year player option worth $10 million. The big deal about that mm-hmm. is that if it was just that $55 million over four years, the cap hit every year towards the luxury tax threshold would be $13.75 million. But because of the way they structured the deal, it drops to $12 million a year instead. So they're, they're really trying hard to, to pinch pennies, even as such a, a big ball club. That is, that is very interesting. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, so Pollock at this point is 31, and he's struggled with injuries a little bit. But a couple things that are notable is that in 2016, the year after his his big breakout year in 2015, he missed pretty much the entire year with a fractured elbow. The year Mm -hmm. after, he strained his groin. 2018, fractured his thumb while diving. And if you go back to 2014, before his breakout, he missed a lot of time because he had a fractured hand due to getting hit by a pitch. But only one of those injuries, yeah, he, so he's missed a lot of time. But the thing is, only one of those injuries, the, uh, the groin strain in 2017, is one that you'd have to be that worried about if you're signing him. So I think a lot of people stayed away from him because of that injury history. But I think the Dodgers might have just gotten him a little bit cheaper than he probably would have gotten if he didn't have those kind of injuries. It's a lot less of a problem than a guy with, like, say, recurring hamstring issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So I guess I, it's probably a good signing then, really. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I'm always a big fan of him, homegrown talent from my team. Very sad to see him go, especially to a division rival. But still wish all the best for him. Um, So also notable with that is that he's going to be filling another hole in the outfield because the Dodgers earlier made that big trade with the Reds, trading away Yasuo Puig. So, yeah, they were really committed to dumping salary. Everybody thought they were going after Harper, but it seems like they're just trying to plug a few other holes while staying under the tax threshold. It's a kind of interesting move, and I'm really curious to see how it works for them. Well. It, it is very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, Jason. It's interesting to see the Dodgers, Cubs, and well, kind of the Red Sox, really. They're three teams that usually just go money crazy. And I'll lump the Red Sox into it, too. I know they they just won the World Series, but there are three teams that aren't going crazy. I wonder if they're trying to set a new trend for other teams, or it might be a ways down the road, but you can already see it that teams aren't wanting to give these 10 – you know, 10 year contracts, $300 million contracts. I think teams are learning. That's not the way to build a team. Yeah. And I think in a couple of years when the collective bargaining agreement is up between the players union 
and the league, I think we're probably going to end up seeing a stoppage because players aren't getting signed or players are having to take discounts. And I'm sure that the Players Association, sorry, is very unhappy about that. So we may have a bit of a shortened season coming up pretty soon. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a really good point. Um, yeah. Did you have another point you're going to talk about too, Jason? Uh, I think that's about it for AJ Pollock. Okay. But again, as a Diamondbacks yeah. fan, I want to bring up Greg Holland. So for those oh, of yeah. you who followed the NL West closely two years ago, Greg Holland was a huge signing for the Rockies, leading the majors in saves coming off of a Tommy John year. And he, at the end of the season, refused to sign a multi-year, $15 million a year contract, thinking that he could, you know, get more after another year. So he signed a one-year deal, um, $14 million with the Cardinals after opening day, and then completely regressed and got released at the beginning of August. He eventually got picked up by the Nationals, where he started to play a little bit better, but he bet on himself and it didn't work out. So the Diamondbacks signed him to a one-year, three-and-a-half-million deal with up to three-and-a-half million in incentives. So if he ends up playing a lot better, say returns to his 2017 form, then he has a chance to, to double the amount that he's making there. But I think it's it's really interesting for a team like the Diamondbacks who – as a fan, I'm, they're not calling it a rebuild, but I'm having trouble seeing that. We did extend <laughs> Eduardo Escobar. We did now make this signing here. But other than that, we lost Patrick Corbin, traded away Paul yep. Goldschmidt, lost A.J. Pollock, which is three of our four top players by war from the past season. But I'm excited to see if Holland could, uh, could return to that previous level and – uh, help out a Diamondbacks bullpen that, other than Archie Bradley and Yoshihisa Hirano, was pretty problematic last season, especially during their September collapse. So one right. thing that's worth noting about uh, about Holland is that he uh, had a significant change last season in the uh, the amount that he was throwing his different pitches, specifically his slider. He started to throw it a lot less because, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, who knows why that happened. It might have been something to do with um, a hip injury that he had had while he was still in St. Louis early in the season. But a lot of his numbers fell, af- fell after he had stopped using the slider. So potentially if he is able to get fully healthy – we could see a return to form. There's at least some evidence to suggest that. But just in general, as a Diamondbacks fan, it's a very low risk and possible decent reward type of signing. Right. No, I really like that. The only thing the Diamondbacks have to do next, if if they're going to – see, that's where you're right. Are they rebuilding or trying to contend while rebuilding? Because you still have Grenke's contract. But I feel like he's still good. But if you're going to – that's where you're like, they got to decide and then they got to deal with uh, – Cuban guy, is it Tomas or Tomas? Yeah. How do you say it? Yeah, Asmani Tomas, who is in AAA yeah. making $15 million a year. He's the mm. second highest paid player 
on the roster behind Grinky's $34 million a year, and half of the team's <laughs> payroll is tied up in those two players. Wow. So the fact that the Diamondbacks window didn't close sooner than it did is kind of remarkable. But it is kind of amazing because he, he's probably not even on the 40-man anymore, is he? Nope. Wow. So that's that's my bad thing about baseball is when you have a – I mean, and he had a good season. Like 2017, he had a great season for I remember. I think he had like 270s and 30 homers. Yeah, like that. 2016. Yeah, yeah. 2016. So that was already three years ago. Wow. So anyway, mm-hmm. he was one of those Cuban players, if I remember correctly, when they were going through the crazy yeah. signings of all the Cuban guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. So obviously Diamondbacks, and we'll probably do an episode on them, mainly for Jason, because that's his team. <laughs> but instead of, we were going to preview all the teams, but then I got thinking like that, it's crazy. Um, but I figured we'd just each kind of preview all of our own teams coming up soon here. So we might, we'll probably do that in February. But I think we do the Cubs, D-backs. I did the Royals. I might do it again, just see if they make any moves. But, and then, you know, we could joint talk about the Cubs. But I figured that'd be kind of fun down the road. But, I mean, anyway, is there anything else you want to say in the D-backs? Is that about it? That's about it on the D-backs. But the rest of the NL West did make a couple of moves. Yeah. We already talked about Paul a little bit. The Rockies um, agreed to a one-year contract earlier today with Nolan Arenado um, to mm-hmm. prevent arbitration. $26 million for one year. So this was his final wow. year of arbitration. He will be a free agent next year. But the market for him is about to be very crazy. But what's worth noting about the Rockies is that they agreed to one-year contracts with all eight of their arbitration-eligible players. So wow. none of them actually had to go to arbitration. That's It's really interesting for, for team relationships. I don't have the numbers of their payroll up right now, but it looks like they're they're really invested in this core and trying to promote um, them them all sticking together, promote good feelings to the franchise. I think they're going to be keeping this window for as long as possible. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I really like – that's a really good point. I mean, this is the last year of – quote-unquote affordable for Arenado, and he's already making $26 million. So, But it seems like they have a plan. And, and don't be surprised if he gets, like, a huge contract at the end of the season. Yeah. We'll see, I guess, with the way this free agent market has gone. Yeah. But, who knows? Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Royals, who you mentioned a minute ago, they, the other day, signed Whit Merrifield to a four-year extension worth $16.25 mm-hmm. $2 million in incentives, which is yeah, uh, quite a bit lower than a lot of people were thinking. But he is a bit older, which a lot of people seem to forget. If he would have been allowed to reach free agency normally, he would have already been 34. So this was probably a mix of him and the team agreeing on something where they both got a little bit of benefit out of it. But considering that he was pretty much the – dare I say, only bright spot on the Royals last season. I'm, I'm just surprised to see it that low, yeah. No, you're correct. Um, I actually love it. That actually gives some hope for some Kansas City fans. Looks like they're going to be keeping them because I don't think you sign them to that and then just say, hey, thank you, we're trading you. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I do like it. Um, but obviously, I think the Royals need to go sign, and I think they're waiting they're going to go bargain bin, clearance bin, 
get a few more players, and I really think they should get some rotation pieces and maybe another outfielder if they need to. But they they have no shortage. They should go get some more talent um, since they're rebuilding, obviously. So uh, what other teams yeah. were you thinking about? So, yeah, no, I was thinking we should just at least mention the Reds. So we did talk about this. I think it was with Chris or you. I don't remember which guest it was with, but one of my friends. And we were talking about, you know, the Matt Kemp and Puig trade and how, you know, they're setting some salary while adding some talent. Um, so basically they have a kind of an interesting rotation. I don't think it's one of the best. It's definitely not one of the worst, but it's a durable Maybe durable is the wrong word. It's a innings-eating rotation. But let me just list some of these names. So we have Sonny Gray, uh, former Yankee, former Athletic. He's, you know, he has the skills to be a 200-plus inning starter, you know, 2014, 2015 yeah. before injuries. Um, but they're paying him some money. They have Alex Wood, who is an injury-prone pitcher. They also have – they traded for Tanner Rourke. And then they have the – I think a very talented Luis Castillo. He's very talented, yeah. but he finished with a higher ERA. He has awesome stuff. Like, I've watched a lot of his starts against the Cubs, and he's only 26. He throws – I think he throws 100 miles an hour, but his ERA yeah, was – easily. He's, he's – uh, I think he could be the ace of that staff in a year. And then they have – they have a couple of – was it Anthony Dis. Anthony, or how do you say his name? Desclafani. I can't remember how to say his name. Yeah. Anthony Desclafani, yeah. Yep. So they have him, and then they have a couple guys that could throw in there, but those are at least the main guys. And it's an interesting rotation, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And uh, it's particularly worth noting that um, what their, their pitching rotation last season was among the worst in the majors, but they're also playing in a very heavily offensive ballpark. And Correct. so some park adjusted stats such as XFIP, if you're familiar with it, it's a essentially park adjusted variant of FIP, mm-hmm. which is fielding independent pitching. I think I talked about FIP a little bit last time I was a little here, bit. Yeah. If you're not familiar with it. Yeah. It essentially is a, a pitching stat set on the same kind of scale of ERA where like, Three is good. Anywhere below three is great Cy Young candidate. Around four is average. Um, And it just takes into account the things that a pitcher can completely control. So that would be walks, strikeouts, and home runs. there's, There's some complicated formula of how they get it on the same scale as ERA. But it's worth noting that Luis Castillo last season had a 430 ERA, a 432 FIP, so we shouldn't see him get any worse. But his XFIP, which is adjusted to the ballpark he plays in, was a 3.69. Yeah. Even in a year that we thought was, was kind of a down year for him. He's still yeah. only 25. He'll be entering his age 26 season. He has great stuff. And hopefully having some more veteran presence on that staff as well will help to develop him. That's a really neat stat, Jason. I'll have to have you teach me more about that. But I know some, but that's such a cool stat because it kind of shows you more beyond the ERA. Sometimes we, we focus too much on starters with wins and losses and even ERA at times. So that, that's a neat stat. It really is. Yeah. 
I'm so what the Reds what have kept around yeah. most of their uh, most of their pretty solid offense from last season. Scooter Jeanette had a breakout year. Same with Eugenio Suarez. Joey Votto solid as always. Um, so that's that's a pretty good top three in your batting order. All of them were significantly above average hitters last season. And then adding what Yasiel Puig and did they make one other? Major offensive yeah, position. Uh, I mean, Matt Kemp was in that trade. Who else was in that? Didn't yeah, they I get someone had a good else though? Other than they have Alex Nick Wood. coming up, their top one of their, their top oh, yeah. prospects. He's he's been hurt, but I really like him as a sleeper in like fantasy baseball and real baseball because they could throw him in the outfield or he'll play third. They have a lot of options, but I'm guessing it sounds like he might play outfield for them. Yeah, but I don't know. They, uh, the Reds could be a bit of a of a dark horse in a pretty tough NL Central because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but after an abysmal start to the 2018 season, where they were by far the worst team in the majors, they were about a 500 ball club for the last couple months, the last three, maybe even four months of the season. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and they've only made moves to help them since then. And what I thought was really fascinating was, so they did fire their manager after the first month of the season or, or maybe three weeks. And that made a big difference. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Riggleman, the former Cubs manager, managed them the rest of the season. And I thought they were just going to hand them the keys, but apparently they wanted to go a different fit. And I think, if I remember correctly, he took another job within the organization or something, but they, they, uh, they hired, who's the guy they hired? Anyway, they hired a young guy and they, they really liked what they brought to the table, but they have a lot of interesting names, even just working for the team. They have that former the former Red Sox GM. They have, they have an interesting front office. So they're really trying to change culture in Cincinnati. And as a Cubs fan, I, I mean, I respect that, but that just means the NL Central is going to be really gridlocked. I mean, at least, better than other divisions in baseball, I think. It could, has a chance of being one of the best divisions. Yeah. Um, Zips projections, which are uh, fan graphs, like math model for, for projecting players' stats and teams' records for the next season, has every team in the NL Central finishing within two games of 500. So it's going to be a division where a lot of people are beating up on each other and just about every team has a chance to compete. Yeah, no, I, I really, that's a really neat stat too. I really like it. And the manager they hired, by the way, is David Bell. So okay. he, uh, yeah, I guess he's not like super young, but he hasn't, I mean, he's, he's the 63rd manager in their franchise history. Fun fact. Just saw that. Mm-hmm. But um, some other interesting things. So we have, let's see how much time we have. So uh, about six minutes to go. I was just kind of going through. I was just skimming through a list of free agents still. Uh, Chris sent it to me. Obviously, the big names, Harper Machado. There still hasn't been a lot of news other than the fact I heard Harper met with the Padres today. And yeah, the Phillies Padres week, trying to make right? a splash too. Yeah. Which, uh, that's kind of weird. I mean, the Padres throw all that money at Hosmer, and now they want to throw money at Harper. I get it, but you can't just. I mean, that's for two players, they could have tied up almost $500 million. So 
if they do sign him, it's like, wow. But maybe, I mean, the, I will give the Padres kudos, though. They have one of the best minor league, if not the best minor league system in baseball. So, yeah, I mean, I see see why they're doing it. Uh, yeah, Machado's there's a, there's a decent chunk of yeah, teams. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so uh, Machado's still rumored. Out there. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're good. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, yeah, there's a decent chunk of teams out there, like the White Sox who we talked about last time I was on the podcast, the Padres, uh, that are that are nearing the end of their rebuild, some of the teams that have had great farm systems for quite a while, with a lot of big names coming up for prospects. It'll be the baseball landscape could look pretty different in a couple of years as, as some existing teams start to have some windows closed. You'll still see the big market teams up there, I'm sure. But you might see uh, the Padres competing with the Dodgers for the NL West in, what, 2020, 2021? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason why not to. Um, some other names, This some quick fire hits, some thoughts. Uh Grandall signed with the Brewers. He kind of – the Brewers, kudos to them. It's a good move. Even though I don't like the Brewers, it's a good move. They kind of bargain bent him. He signed a one-year deal from the Dodgers to the Brewers, so that was a good move. Other moves this last couple of weeks, let's see. So Keiko's still a free agent. That kind of surprises me. What else? Yeah. Um, McCutcheon went to the Phillies. Uh, let's see. Kimbrel's still out there, but he still wants crazy money, so he might he'll have yep. to go down in price. Yeah, Nick Markakis. Nick Markakis, exactly. Yeah, and he took a, a huge pay cut as well from making eleven million last season to four million this year after what was one of the wow. actually I think what was the best season of his career. It really was. Like it's undoubtedly the best season of his career. Another name that Hasn't signed that kind of surprised me is Marwin Gonzalez. He can play like seven positions for the Astros. I would think the Astros would want him back, but he hasn't signed anywhere yet. Um, Gio Gonzalez, he'll probably be an invite to spring training guy. He'll latch on to See, that's like a guy the Royals should go after. Um, Adam Jones, that kind of surprised me, but then a lot of people might not realize he's 33 now. And he's not really a good yeah. defensive fielder anymore. So just he kind of got old quick. And that's sad that that's old because, you know, it's not old to me, but it's baseball old. Yeah, especially that's another that's another side effect of the, the recent changes in the market. Apart from being unwilling to give out long contracts to even young players is teams are getting more and more wary to, to giving up any money to guys who are over 30. Yep. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's still some names out there like Evan Gaddis. He could be a DH for someone. Maybe the Royals could go after him, you know, a team like that or the Mariners. I guess the Mariners have a guy. But, like, I think your Dimebacks should re-sign Clay Buckles. I thought he had a good bounce-back season and he ate some innings. I don't know. See, there's just some interesting names out there still. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot to happen, and we're – Getting pretty close to pitchers and catchers reporting. Well, that happens February 21st. So we're just three weeks away as of recording this. And still about half of the free agents, including most of the top players, still haven't signed. 
Right. It's 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 mind boggling. And the more I think about it, you're you're spot on with the strike. Unless something happens drastically, there will be a stoppage at some point. I don't think it'll be the whole season, but it's coming unless they do something in the, the next off season or two. But it's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, we'll, we'll kind of keep you posted. We'll probably do another show next week sometime. If some major news happens, I'll get Jason, Chris, and all the guys on for a show. But in the meantime, you know, Jason, I always thank you for being on here. Will, um, I think what else? That's the main news. I think we covered everything. Uh, if you guys yeah. are new to the show, I thank you for listening. If you do listen on iTunes, give us a rating. That'd be cool. We'd appreciate that. Uh, other credentials, we don't have any other pages at this time. Down the road, we will. Once we get to a bigger, if we get any bigger, eventually we'll have a little longer show. And, and in the regular season, I'd like to do two shows a week at least because it'll be a lot easier. There'll be stuff going on. So I thank you again, Jason, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, Yeah, no, it's good to have you. We'll have Cole on again, and hopefully my brother Jeremy and my friend Chris, and we'll have Jason again. So anyway, guys, I thank you for listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, uh, like our page, and listen to us on iTunes. And if you can't find either of those, let me know. And I just thank you for all of our loyal listeners and callers. We missed our regular callers tonight. Maybe we'll do a call-in episode next. So anyway, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Stay warm. (laughs) 